they're overwhelmed by all the business e things that needs to be put together. They have no clue that they should even have insurance like right. at all. They don't even and if, know. And if they do, they're like, I don't even know where to start with that. What does that mean? How much does that cost? What does it cover? What do I need insurance for? But what if the owner of the building has insurance? Do I still need insurance? So what independent hairstyles, beauty professionals need to know in order to protect themselves and why? Welcome to the Messy Hairstylist Podcast. I'm Kelsey Morris. And I'm Abby Warther. Whether you are a mess literally or figuratively, we are here to help you take imperfect action to find your success as a hairstylist. We are back with our third and final episode of this series about how to go independent successfully. And I think we've so far, Kelsey, have brought a lot of value with uh, we've had Gloss Genius on, we've had Artists on Go on. And so now we are going to talk about maybe the things that we don't want to either talk about mm-hmm. as business owners, think about, um, just pretend like it doesn't exist. And sometimes when we're in our businesses, we sometimes feel like we need to maybe backtrack a little bit because maybe we like got excited. We wanted mm-hmm. to like go independent get, get the cute studio, get all the decor, all the fun, cute things, have our branding down. But sometimes we might realize that we don't have some of these core foundational things in place. And so that's where we're going to go with this episode today, right? Yeah. It's so important to not just get caught up in the glitz and glam of our industry, which is hard to do because with social media and and being an artist, we're all about the creative side. Very Some, creative to a fault right? sometimes. To a fault. Yes. And it's hard to focus and be like, okay, I've really got to nail this part of my business down to be successful. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to introduce our final guest in this series. Um, so this is Joe. He's the Director of Strategic Partnerships with Elite Beauty Society. Welcome, Joe. Well, thank you, Abby. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm excited to be here. So tell us, Joe, exactly what Elite Beauty Society is and what you guys provide. And then we're going to get into like why that's important and why we don't want to just like brush past that. Maybe we might have to backtrack a little bit and make sure some things are in some place. So could you tell us about what you guys do? I sure will. And thank you. First off, I just want to say really again, thank you so much for this platform. Thank you for this opportunity. I realize I'm the third and final guest on this three on this um, uh, this this three time event, and boy, I, I get it. I can't ima- I can't think of a more engaging topic in the beauty space than insurance. This is the, obviously the one everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's for last. That's for last. I love it. <laughs> but no, in general, um, you know, again, thank you so much. So, Elite Beauty Society, it really is. It's 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 a brand. It's a it's a membership program we put together. You know, it all really started to help fill the need of of offering liability insurance for the independent beauty professionals. As you guys know, the industry has evolved over time as we've gotten we've grown more into this independent salon suite model and chair rental model. A lot of times, in most cases, you're going to be required to carry liability insurance, either rent a chair, rent a suite, or what have you. So we we solved that need through through this program. But we built Elite Beauty Society to be so much more than just insurance. Um, as a result, it's now a full engaged program with a whole suite of, of employee benefits, a whole um, suite of, of industry-specific member benefits, and of course, the much-needed liability insurance component. So if you go, if you rent a chair or again, rent a suite, they're going to require you to carry several pieces. And we carry all of those in one kind of really low-cost package for our for our customers. 
That's and I so think cool. that's great because I own a rental salon. Kelsey owns both rental and commission salon. And I do think that it's so interesting that when stylists go are going newly independent, they're overwhelmed by all the business e things that needs to be put together. They have no clue that they should even have insurance like right. at all. They don't even and if, know. And if they do, they're like, I don't even know where to start with that. What does that mean? How much does that cost? What does it cover? What do I need insurance for? But what if the owner of the building has insurance? Do I still need insurance? So could you speak more on what, what independent hairstyles, beauty professionals need to know in order to protect themselves and why? Absolutely. And you're right. Education has been, you know, the probably the biggest first component to our big hurdle to get over. Why would I need it? And, you know, what, what's the point of it? And, you know, as I said, you know, we see the industry kind of evolving this way anyway. So it so eventually somebody who never thought or, or about insurance or needed insurance, they kind of run into the wall where now they're being required to carry it. So where do I go? What do I do? And that's, again, why we built this program. So you know, in general, if you're going to rent a suite from a, um, a salon suite rental type of a uh, um, business, or in some cases, if you're going to rent a chair or even work in a commission salon, a lot of times the salon owner or the business owner is going to require you to carry liability insurance. Now, what does that mean? Typically, it means two, two main components, which are professional liability and general liability. Professional liability is what, you know, when doctors get it, it's called the malpractice insurance. That's that's any event, event due to the negligence of the service provider. So, for instance, if uh, somebody happened to slice an ear or, you know, something of that nature that was due to the negligence of the beauty professional, that would that would be covered under professional liability. The other main component is general liability. That's what most people call like that slip and fall insurance. That's kind mm-hmm. of the freak accident insurance. So if water is dripping from the ceiling, your client happened to slip and fall and you know, hurt themselves, that's covered under general liability. One quick side note is we too, we do see a lot more claims come in for general liability than we do professional liability. And in my, in, in my opinion, that tells somewhat of a beautiful story. That means our professionals are really excellent at what they're doing. They're not hurting people in general, but it is really hard to foresee that freak accident, that water dripping off the ceiling, that event that occurs. And, you know, you know, we hear stories all the time and never want to talk about or, or, or sell our product based on fear, but we see it every day where you know, a 30 year relationship with somebody who they've had in their chair and they've been doing their they've been doing their work that, you know, an incident occurs. And now they now there's a lawsuit from this your 30 year customer. And that and that mm. person suing not only you, but it's suing the business and everybody involved. And, you know, and, and that's where I'm so happy to be doing what we're doing, because we see our, our program kick in and really cover what could be a career altering or life changing. Yeah. loss. So you're saying that you could protect us in those situations. And it kind of like takes away the fear of that happening. So I guess a question I have is what percentage of business owners actually have insurance, I should say, in our industry? Do you know the answer to that? I I don't know the answer to this, but I do want to kind of separate into two components here. There's, you know, there's the business owner's policy, which is typically written if you're a a full salon. If you have W-2 employees... Each state has separate laws that kind of guide what is required for you to carry liability insurance if you have employees working for you. In most cases, I'd say in almost all cases, that style of person is going to have to have to is have to have insurance. So that's right. close to the hundred percent level. Now, our program was designed for the independents or for the beauty right. professionals who work at those salons. So, what percentages uh, do on there? You know, it's really it, it, that number is that percentage number is growing every year. I don't know off the top of my head what it looks like today. It's probably still somewhere well under fifty yeah. percent. Again, as this evolution continues to sweep across. 
And so, you know, for the listeners who may not know, and maybe for us, for our learning, it's not, is it not required? We don't, we don't have to have this. This is just a benefit. Well, and so the, 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 the new business models that we're seeing pop up every day, I mean, as, as we all know, the salon suite model was growing rapidly regardless. And the pandemic did nothing but drive an adrenaline shot into that business model because there was this desire for one-on-one services. Mm-hmm. And so and as a result, we're seeing this model kind of, again, be you know one of the biggest or quickest things growing within our space. And in most cases within that model, the requirement's there. Um, and the reason is, is because it's a, it's a different relationship than some of these salon, these commission salon right. models, because it's a landlord tenant relationship. The, the beauty professional is the customer of the business owner because they're paying them a rental service. And so there's some protections that are needed there. And, you know, so in, in, in fact, in our case, our program not only covers the professional and general liability, ours also includes rental damage insurance, which is included in, required in almost every lease that side. So ours includes $100,000 of rental damage. Ours even includes 1000 of stolen or damaged equipment insurance. There's product coverage. So if a product you use causes a burn or an allergic reaction, there's even identity theft. We built our program to model, in most cases, that, that big business owner's policy, mm-hmm. but designed for the, the independent beauty professionals. It's so great because I think with anything, when I'm making sure that the my ducks in a row on the business side of things as a salon owner, it is so hard to find um, people and, and companies to work with that truly understand hairstylists and what right. we do. Like so, yes. right there, like like to for me to find even an accountant that understands our weird world of doing hair and all that, that was hard to do. And I found a great one. And the same thing with insurance then, like, because it's very specific. It's unlike any other industry out there. So all those things that you just listed are unique to what we do. Totally. That's so cool. And you're right. In most cases, it was simply just an insurance company that you'd have to go to, you know, before you, if you wanted to get insurance in our space, you'd have to go to a local agent, fill out a lengthy paper application. They'd spend a couple of weeks, get it underwritten for you, charge you several hundred dollars. And that's Mm -hmm. simply how it was. Um, When we came on the scene, we built a technology that really changed the way this was done. And nowadays, you know, a lot of people use a similar tech, but it's truly like going to Amazon and buying a widget. It can literally take you less than three minutes. You don't have to speak to a human. You can be covered with millions of dollars worth of coverage. And in some cases, like ours, it's less than $200 for the entire year. So the the evolution, not only of the business in general, but of the insurance business matching up to to the need has been significant as well. Right. So tell me about, you guys offer more than just insurance though. We do. We do. You know, we realize that what, what insurance is, insurance is, is a product that you purchase, but you hope you never use. And really lucky for everybody, most people don't ever use it. That's the goal. You don't ever want to have to use insurance. That means an event happened. So we go to great lengths to try to build additional value into our program. That way, it's not such a burdensome line item every year. Oh, I have to pay for this insurance that I that I that I never used. Instead, we provide a tremendous amount of value on the back end through these other programs, which we're choosing con- partnerships. We're constantly negotiating as we move on. But um, so our program comes with a whole suite of employee benefits, such as an entire insurance marketplace. So if you if you need uh, health insurance, we have a concierge service that'll walk you through the ACA to find the best options for you. We are we were wow. able to build because we built this program together, we were able to build out group rates on dental insurance and vision insurance. You know, much like if you went to work for a large employer that has thousands upon thousands of employees, 
which is kind of tough for a lot of folks in our industry who are independents and they try to find these low cost options, but they're just not there. So our program comes with all of that kind of ready made for these independent professionals. In addition to that, you know, we built this as Elite Beauty Society. This is for beauty professionals. So what I'm doing and my team is doing all the time is finding wonderful partnerships where we can negotiate discounted access for our customers. So our customers get discount on continuing education and tools, products, different things they might need, you know, back bar items that they can get direct access to, to help, you know, drive additional revenue selling products that way. So we really tried to, and content on how to build your business and be successful at that, build your SEO, um, you know, build your audience, you know, things of that nature. So we really do try to provide them the business tools, resources, employee benefits to, you know, to help them succeed. That is so cool. I love that. It's like every, literally everything. Yes. Yes. One stop shop for everything. I know. I saw that on, that you offer like, um, Sam via education. You have like, like, it's not even just education for your business or learning how to do the insurance stuff. It's like actual to help us just be better professionals all across the board. Yeah. And that's been a common theme in this series about going independent. And I think what we're, I'm really proud of is the fact that everybody we're talking with is really community focused. And it's, it's amazing how it's not just, you're not just talking about insurance. You're talking about how the beauty community as a whole and how you can help the whole community. It's not just about selling us insurance. It's about bringing in other, other tools as well. I just love it. Yeah, it really is. I mean, at the end of the day, that the the goal is to you know when some when when a beauty professional puts so much time, effort, and attention into what they're passionate about, into their craft, into their to their product and their service, that's you know that ends up being a beautiful thing that they're doing. But in some cases, it's you know it's almost becomes uncomfortable to to start to make money on this this work that you're doing. So we try to bridge that gap a little bit by providing direct content, direct advice on how to do such things. You know, if you're if your book's solid, it's probably time to raise your prices. That's very uncomfortable. How do you do that? So we try to, again, try to provide content to help them continue to grow within the industry and grow as a professional, and of course, grow their income. How cool. So, so go ahead, Abby. Actually, I want to hear what you have to say. I was just going to say, so having insurance is one of those like key things, those foundational things to have to make sure that you're securing your business. What else do you suggest that beauty professionals should be looking to get a foundation set? And if they do need to do a little backtracking, um, what, what are some of the other things that they need to do to just have a nice secure business for themselves? Well, ed- education is always an extremely important thing. So I think, you know, and, and, and again, in, in our industry, I think we find that a lot of, of our professionals, they really dive into that piece of the business. They want to learn as much as they can and become excellent at their craft. So I encourage that as much as possible, because at the end of the day, that's it. That's the artwork. That's the practice. That's, you know, immerse yourself into that piece. And you know, of course, there's continuing education requirements that are kind of different between each state. So in some cases, they're required to go through education every couple of years or every, you mm-hmm. know, periodic mm-hmm. amount of time. But I, you know, again, I, I just encourage to kind of go beyond that. You know, it's yes, fulfill your continuing education requirements, of course. But but what is the newest, hottest trend out there and how can I learn as much about it so I can provide that that, um, you know, that practice or that solution as safely as possible? So that's one piece of it. You know, and then as, if you're starting to talk about protecting your business, you know, you want to make sure that you're set up as, you know, in the right way. If you're a sole proprietor, if you built yourself an LLC, you always want to make sure that your business assets are separate from your personal assets. That way an event ever comes, nobody can ever come after your personal assets. It's all separated for a business. Right. We provide content on how to do that. Make sure your taxes are done right. Make sure you're claiming 
all of your income if you possibly can. You know, a lot of uh, in our industry, we do find a lot of folks that in some some cases, you know, some underreported income that tends to end up having a negative impact over time as you're, you know, if you're trying to find, you know, business interruption insurance. Well, if you only reported this small amount of business, uh, your business ah. interruption insurance is not going to align with with your actual yeah. uh, business. So we, tr- you know, encourage always being above board on reporting and things of that nature. And then if you're starting to get into some potentially, when I say dangerous practice, I don't like the word dangerous, but, you know, riskier practices, some, you know, more, uh, you know, medical spa type of stuff, you know, look into, you know, providing disclaimers, look into having your clients potentially sign waivers um, just to make sure that you're, you know, all of it. And it's not to, to protect you if you hurt somebody, it's really just to, so that the client understands what, you know, what, what, what's happening during a service? What are the risks of those, you know, things that are happening? What are the potential outcomes? Just so everybody's clear and above board on, on, on and off. I think that that's great advice. Like having waivers, have things to sign, like have, have documents, document things, um, make sure you're over communicating because especially this day and age with beauty professionals, you have hair extensions, which can be a stress on the hair. You have, you see lash extensions happening, which can be a stress. And like, you see, you see these stories pop up all the time. And so mm-hmm. if you're going to be offering and, and, you know, even us just do, doing hair color, but you know, you're now seeing these other things with extensions, different methods of extensions that there can be some, some, some issues. And so having everything, it, all those things in a row. And I do love that you said, um, reporting your income, right? <laughs> that is, that is one of my biggest things it's a pet peeve of my of our industry that that um professionals aren't aren't reporting everything and i think you know over the last 2 3 years with covid and everything a lot of people got burned <clears throat> by not getting assistance and help because they weren't ever truly showing what they were making um at the chair so i absolutely love that advice and and the more that we all show really what we make it's going to make the higher people up, see that we're a real industry to take us. Right. A more seriously, I'm so right? glad you touched on that, Abby. I was thinking that in my head. Um, I think it's interesting how, gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to say this word, but sometimes people look at our job and like, Oh, you're just a, you're just a hairdresser. Yeah. Yes. You know? And yeah. I think a lot of that comes from, well, you know, people just have that preconceived notion, but also like you said, underreporting and we're not really showing like how much growth and possibility there is yes. in our industry. Yes. You know, and, and also to encourage more folks to get into our industry. You know, if you look at the Bureau of Labor statistic reports on our industry over the last 10, 20 years, the numbers are so skewed. And a lot of it's due to this lower, this under, in, this under reporting, you know, if the Bureau of Labor statistics claims that a beauty professional on average makes somewhere between 27 and $35,000 a year, that, that is simply untrue. That is not at all right. true. Most beauty professionals are making two, three times that. And, um, and, and we want to encourage more folks to get into our industry. It's a wonderful industry and in a wonderful, uh, you know, a a career can be made out of it and nobody should fear that they're going to come into this industry. And that is the truth. Like when we're not reporting and we're not showing what we're actually making, and then it's making 
it's this trickle down thing. And then the, the ones coming out of school aren't wanting to go into our industry because you can't make that much money. But then it also affects us on the back end of those of us who do charge more. It does make um, the everyday client baffle at our high prices because it's just so skewed. So uh. it's preventing people from coming into our industry because they think they can't make money because maybe their family members think that they can't make money. And then our own clients think that we're charging too much because they don't think we make that much money. But really we do and we can. <laughs> so just report, right? Right. So, you know, we touched a little bit about COVID and how um, it kind of created some shifts in our industry. I'm curious what shifts besides the COVID shift, but what have you seen as of late? What do you see from your perspective as the shifts that have happened recently? Well, of course, the one I mentioned, the the, the big boom, um, again, it was already starting, but again, adrenaline, I feel like was injected into the salon suite model. This 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 desire for one-on-one services became really attractive coming out of coming out of COVID. If you re, if you recall during COVID, one of the things that I and it's hard to talk positively about an event that hurts so many people, but, right. but we do anyway because that's life. Um, you know, one of the things that I I, I I was beautiful during COVID was seeing how the beauty profession this desire to get a haircut became like the national story. Everybody lumped lunch, you know, and I felt like that was a really good thing for our industry. And it really helped for, you know, some lobbying to happen in certain states to reopen more quickly. And um, so anyway, I thought that was really cool. So so the, the salon suite model desire for one-on-one services, we've also seen a lot of education move to all, the online model. I think a lot of people during COVID uh, started to try to figure out how they could um, fill in these gaps of income there, you know, especially the, the teachers who were you know, no longer could do face-to-face. So they started to move yeah. some of these things online. So we're now seeing a lot more continuing education pop up online, which mm-hmm. again, providing easier services for our customers to get through, you know, something that's in, in some cases is challenging, having to do continuing education every couple of years. Well, I think there's some beauty to it. You know, in some cases it can be challenging. So having better services that you can do online is, makes it easier. So there's a couple of shifts at least that I've seen. I agree. That's really cool. I like, I, I just like to understand like, see everybody else's perspective. I mean, Abby and I we get to chat about it a lot and we're like, oh, this is so cool. This is up and coming. This is different. And um, I don't know. I like to to see what your perspective is. So I, I think we're aligned well, on and it. I think it's just interesting because like we're always coming from the hairstylist, the salon owner yes. perspective. And just through this three-part series here, we've talked to um, three different people, including Joe of in completely different, like they're not behind the chair doing hair like we are, you know, but mm-hmm. we're still like, it's showing that our industry is growing. Our industry can be, is, should be taken seriously and is taken seriously. Like look at even just with this three-part series, all these incredible people we've had on here to support the hairstylist. Yes. Right? So we yes. have everything it takes to have these incredible businesses because we have the people like Joe over Elite Beauty Society. And we've got Gloss Genius. We've got AOG. We've got all of these great and so much more out there. Everything's at our fingertips. So that's where we're so excited to be bringing these types of conversations to our podcast. Absolutely. Um, so th- that leads me to my new question. I- I'm full of questions today, Abby, just so you know, Joe, I've got <laughs> lots of questions for you. Yeah. Joe, why do you think beauty professionals <laughs> ignore insurance? You know, that's a, that's a, it's a great question. And, um, you know, we, we do this, we offer these services in a couple of industries. We, we, we run elite beauty society for beauty professionals. We run another program in the massage space called massage magazine insurance. Plus we run a program in the fitness space called insure fitness group. And in general, across the board, I think people ignore insurance because they 
aren't required to carry it. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, so, so that is a typical line in the sand. If we're talking about who's going to carry insurance and who's not going to carry insurance, the biggest line in the sand that differentiates those two is who's required and who's not required. If we didn't require car insurance, very few people would be driving around with car insurance. Totally. Very totally. true. So, so that, that's the big thing. And again, this, this evolutionary shift towards requiring it, I think it benefits everybody involved. And of course, it helps us keep our lights on, which is great. But I, I think that's the big thing. You know, we find in our industry, the two biggest motivators for a purchase are, um, and this is if you're differentiating between insurance policies would be number one would be cost. It's a very price driven market. So that just goes to show right there. Folks aren't necessarily looking for quality. They're just looking to, to, to solve a problem for as low as they can, which again, suggests the requirement is probably the biggest motivator to purchase. The second biggest motivator to purchase is advocacy from somebody they trust, which by the way, I just want to give you guys a massive thank you here because lending a voice to what we do is exactly the thing which helps to drive exposure and understanding of what we of what we do. So thank you. We can't ask for a, big, a better platform than this. Um, so for the most part, I, I you know really it's it's lack of education sounds like it's an insult, but that's not what I mean. I think it's just lack of understanding for the need mm-hmm. of it is probably what why most folks the awareness. Are the awareness, awareness of it. Yeah. And then also just fear of like, like oh, I don't know how to buy insurance. I don't know how to do that. Where like, do I even the start? Fear of the yeah. unknown. Yeah. And I always like for me, I'm always, when I'm working with stylists, I'm always like, run your business like a business. And, and this is, it's step one, having insurance. If you want to have a business, you need to run it like a business. So protect yourself. Heaven forbid something would happen, right? Right. And I love that Joe said he doesn't like to lead with fear yes. as a reason to buy insurances. That that was great. I love that. that that's very touching. And, <laughs> but, but it is, it is true. Like these things happen and um, as we've, we've talked a lot in this series about, uh, prioritizing ourselves and our time, um, we got to also prioritize taking like care of our business and protecting ourselves, um, from these things that could happen. Well, Joe, is there anything else that you would like to tell us about elite beauty society? Um, one thing, and this is going to sound like insurance speak, but I say this because I feel this is the piece that piece of education that the, the community should know is there's. There's two different types of, of policies out there. One's called a claims made and one's called an occurrence form. Our program, and like many others out there, is the is the is the better program. It's the it's what's called an occurrence form. And I just want to bring this up and because there are some what's called claims made policies out there. And I just want people to be aware of what that means. All that means is that what you know, a, a, a policy has a policy period. Let's say that policy period is from April to April, and an incident happens during that policy period. Well, if the claim came in after the policy period was over on a claims made policy, that claim would be denied. On an occurrence form policy, it doesn't matter when the claim is reported. It's going it's going to be it's going to be covered. And that doesn't sound like a big deal. Well, if somebody if somebody gets hurt, they're probably going to file a claim within a short amount of time. Well, in most cases that's true, but we did an audit back in 2017. 21% of the claims we came in, that came in that year did not come in during the policy period. Um, that a claims made policy would have denied that claim. And then 36%, 36% of the overall money we paid out in claims that year, again, were, were from those instances that came outside of the policy period. So just be diligent, ask the questions, make sure that companies have the all of the insurances that you need to fulfill the requirements of either the lease or whatever you're, or, or, the, or the studio that you're working for. And then just, you know, I highly encourage you to make sure it's a claims made policy. Claims made policies in general may cost a little bit more. We elected not to inflate our margins at the expense of our, of our customers because paying the claims is the most important thing that we do. And we, you know, we really try to drive as the lowest price as possible. 
Um, so just ask those questions, know the difference in those two. And that's great. I like to say that it's very much insurance speak, but it's something that most people don't know. So I like to mention that's good it. to know. Yes. That's so great. Well, Joe, thanks for taking the time to talk with, talk with us today. Um, you know, you said insurance isn't that exciting. Well, I thought it was pretty exciting. I learned a lot. This is great. <laughs> We've done something right. You did it. You did yes. it. Yes. Thank you so much. I just think, again, it's not, I know things that stylists think that they don't want to talk about or think about or work on, but it's so, so important to treat our businesses like businesses and protect yourself, protect your business so you can be creative. So you don't have to have that stuff weighing down on you. You can be creative and do your thing and grow and make money and and just know that you have created security in your own business. I could have said it better myself. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Kelsey.